so stirred up this morning. I'm like with Patricia. It's just like, you know, we had a, a bit of a long weekend doing a wedding. and uh, uh, But yet getting into worship is just a, a refreshing atmosphere. It's a refreshing time. So I want to thank the worship team for what they put into making this happen uh, on a weekly basis and then the media team also. And so uh, thank you guys. Uh, I'm really been stirred up a lot lately about just the times and the seasons and the places that we're at and what the Lord is trying to communicate to his body in the day that we're living in. And that's what I want to uh, focus in on this morning. Uh, I so appreciated uh, Patricia's exhortation. Uh, I think we've all experienced coming to church maybe, you know, distracted or tired or weary or something, and then we just stay that way the whole time when you really don't have to. <laughs> when you come together corporately, something happens in that atmosphere that produces and generates enough, uh, I guess, just refreshing and outpouring that all you got to do is just dive into it, just get into it. You, 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 don't, you don't have to earn it, just jump into it, and you will find that same refreshing. Has anybody else been refreshed in the house of God before? Come on, it's just really true. I mean, we just sometimes we come here and, and we... We don't really expect anything. We expect it just to be another time to get together and maybe sing a few songs and, uh, and, and hear a, a word and fellowship a little bit and then go home. And, and, we, and that becomes the habit that happens. And when we do that, then we cease to expect. And God really wants you to expect. And we talked about that recently. He wants you to have a higher level of expectation for what? The supernatural. Can you hear me now? Come on, see, this is, can I be politely your father this morning and tell you this is the problem? <laughs> we're sitting there and we're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I believe that. No, he wants us to come together with this high level of expectation to release his power. Because why? The kingdom of God is within us. And so I can either close it up and sit here or I can believe the word of God and say, God, I'm coming this morning. We're coming together. You know, whenever an army goes out to do battle, they never just go one at a time, right? No, they come as a group so they can accomplish something. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is stirring our hearts to do. So that when we come together, we have a greater level of, again, just a generated power of the Holy Spirit simply being released through us and not held in because I'm tired or for whatever reason. And I think all the more I have found for myself, when I have a greater need, uh, as David said, I run to the house of the Lord. I run there. I know that there's going to be power and anointing there. I know there's going to be somebody that has more faith than me that's going to pray today for me and stir my heart up and fill me up and open up uh, the Holy Spirit to my life in a, in, a, in a greater way. And so I want to just talk to us a little bit today about uh, just times and seasons and places. Uh, we've been on a track, I guess, as a nation for a little bit over a year now, and we're, we're finding out that it might be more of a treadmill than a track, and, and we're not getting anywhere. And uh, he's, uh, uh, I believe, and I've been th uh, thinking this thought for a while, that God is actually trying to get our attention, the church's attention. And, and because if there's going to be a transformation or a change 
on the planet. It's going to be through his people. That's why you were placed here at this time and this season in your life so that you could make a difference. And, 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 uh, and again, uh, just never forget the, the words of Jesus over Jerusalem when he, when he wept over them. And what did he say? He says, man, I wanted to do so many more miracles, but the people wouldn't believe. And it's like, wow, God, I don't want to be in that category. I don't want to be in that category. <laughs> but there's such the thing called the wilderness. How many can believe that one? How many have been in a wilderness a time or two in your life? You know, it's just one of those seasons where it's really challenging or something big happens and, and you find yourself in a place called the wilderness. Well, the wilderness is not foreign in the scriptures. As you read through it, you will find different ones, Elijah and Moses and different ones that found themselves in a place called the wilderness. And, and, and it was in that place that actually became a place where they experienced God in a real way. Because God loves us so much that when we get off track, or if we're off track or we get off track, that he will let you end up in this wilderness. And he didn't even prepare the wilderness. There's wilderness already prepared all over the place. But we end up in those wildernesses. And he does that and allows that because he wants to pull you back into a relationship with him. And the, real, the wilderness, as we know from reading scripture, is that it's a place of testing as well as a place of preparation. A place of testing and a place of preparation. So as with Israel, between Egypt and the promised land, what did they have to go through? They went through the wilderness, didn't they? Well, it took them how many years? Forty years to go through it. When Jesus went to the wilderness himself, and it took him only 40 days. He was there intentionally to do something, but it was only 40 days. And, and, and we're all going to uh, be in a position and a place to end up in a wilderness between uh, Egypt and the promised land. And I want to talk about just the reasons why, uh, why are there wilderness seasons. And I want to give you three reasons that, that I've seen in Scripture and acknowledged in life. And the first one, the first reason that you might land in a wilderness, well, let me pray. Let me pray. This is going to take revelation. I want revelation to pop inside of you because if you can understand the wilderness principle, you'll appreciate it and it'll transform you like nothing else will. I, honestly, I mean, if we're just left on our own to have everything we have, guess what? We will not run after God. We will actually neglect him. And God loves us too much to allow that to happen. And so, so he allows us to end up in wildernesses so that he can capture our attention. So let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the preached word. I pray today that our hearts, all of our hearts would be opened up. Not one of us would sit here and feel like we've arrived or uh, we, we, we know enough, but God, we will always learn from you. And I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be opened in a mighty way today in Jesus' name. So the first reason that, the, that, that, that you might be in a wilderness today is because you're running from God. 
You're running from God. He's put a call on your life. He's tapped on your shoulder. He's asked you things. He's called you into a relationship or he's called you into a purpose. Uh, but, but through whatever course of the journey, all of a sudden now, you're no longer pursuing that. And you're basically running from his will and purpose for your life. And he knows that at the end of the day, that's going to be miserable for you now, but it's also going to be worse for you later. I mean, most people don't realize that what you do on planet Earth really does matter and it really does count for all of eternity. Why? Because when did eternity start with our lives? Does it start when we somehow get to the sweet by and by that I already told you that's not what we're shooting for around here? Right? No, it starts the day that you become born again. All of a sudden, you've just give God, you gave God permission to launch your vision and purpose in life. And most people today, I'm telling you, their misery is not because they don't have enough money, they don't have enough food, it's because they don't have enough purpose. They don't recognize their purpose. Because there was something even about the purpose that Jesus had to save you that said, I'll endure all of that. I'll even endure being uh, crucified in the worst way, as we saw represented last Good Friday. We, I'll even cru be crucified for you. Why? Because of what I see ahead. And remember, his food and his meat was not uh, natural food. He says, no. My meat and my food is to do the will of the Father. And I think, wow, we can get so misguided in this. But you might be running from God, so I don't know. Where, where are you at today? Are you in that category? And if you are, maybe that's why you're in the wilderness you're in. Second category I find is that he might just be testing you. He might just be testing you. It said that they went through, Israel went through 40 years in the wilderness, so why? He could test their heart and commitment to him. See, he wants to make sure that you're not on a misguided journey. Because don't forget, there's lots of gods out there, right? There are lots of gods out there. He wants you to be connected to the right one. And when we start detaching from the living God, and we start moving toward the gods of this world, which sometimes can be very hard to recognize, we would never call it a god, but it is, we might start moving toward that. Well, he's going to come after you. He's not going to let you do that. And he tests you in the wilderness. So we end up in a wilderness. The third reason, and I think it's uh, personally where we're at today as the church at large, is the third reason for the wilderness is that he might just be trying to draw us closer to him. Because he does know what's ahead. And he knows that if a sheep is following too far behind, the wolves will get them when they come out. And so he might be just trying to put us in a place. And personally, I would say this past year has been a wilderness. Come on, it's blanketed the whole world. The whole world is, I believe, in a wilderness right now. And everybody's stopping to think, what's happening? What's happening around us? Why is all this going on? And we've gotten all this deception. Remember, Isaiah said it, there's going to be darkness that's going to cover the earth. And deep darkness will cover the people. And people are going to be wondering what's going on and what's, what's happening. And fear's going to settle in. And all these things that, that Satan promotes will be settling in. And, and I just believe, again, that, 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 that we're all in this place of a wilderness. And so kind of the question might be is, 
how long will I stay in the wilderness before I recognize that that's what it actually is? How many know we like to apply everything to the natural right away? Oh, that's just a natural thing. Oh, that's just a, a virus. Oh, that's just a food shortage. Oh, that's just another storm. Can I just tell you, I've not found anything that not, does not have a spiritual link to it. And you can track it back at every single thing. There's a spiritual link to everything that happens around us. And so when we see that, and maybe this is what had happened, we begin to see everything and from such a natural perspective. Jesus said, you have eyes, but you're not seeing. We see it from such a natural perspective that now we can just be lackadaisical about where we're, where we're doing in life with our spiritual life. And so we end up through a wilderness so that he can draw us closer to him. Because I believe that the, the, the wilderness simply is there <clears throat> to help us, not to hinder us. The wilderness was a test for them. And it says they went through it. And, you know, the, the sad story of Israel initially was that the, there was a whole generation that chose to not listen to God in that process. And they had gotten so bad that they finally, when they went to spy out the land and saw the miraculous stuff that was happening in the land, in the promised land the promised land, okay, the promised land that they got over there, and they said, wow, that's amazing. That fruit is huge. Everything is actually really amazing. But guess what? There's a giant over there, and I'm afraid of that giant. I'm just fearful of that giant. And we get to this place where all of a sudden we draw back, and again, you, you know the story. I think everybody knows the story. One of the most popular movies and stories that there are, they, they just chickened out. They backed away. They saw the signs, wonders, and miracles. Remember, they'd already been through the wilderness for 40 years, and, the, and they, were all, they were all healthy. Their clothes grew with them. And all of this, there was a supernatural divine provision even while they were in their rebellion. And God knew this, but he still, he so loves us. It's just mind-boggling. And, 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 and so the wilderness can be a test for us. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2 says this, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way through these 40 years in the wilderness. Remember, he never left them. He set up a tabernacle, led them at, to, to do what? To humble you and to test you and to know what's in your heart, whether you would really keep his commandments or not. And he's so, so all of this was out of a heart of love, knowing that it's easy for us to drift away and connect ourselves to one of the other gods of this world. And we know that this is highly possible. How many can say amen to that? They're just out there, and if you're not careful, they'll, 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 they'll try to snatch your heart. And you'll, you'll live your life pursuing those. And it's a very dangerous place for us to be. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so God is coming, I believe, in this hour and this day, and I know he's been speaking to me about it. It's just, hey, wake up a little bit more, as the exhortation was. Wake up a little bit more. Let's get a little bit more awake. Let's not stay asleep. We've got to hear our Heavenly Father. If he provided for them, guess what he's going to do? He's going to provide for you. And we have nothing to fear about it. So, so the, the, the purposes of the wilderness is, of course, as we just mentioned, to test us, but I also think it was to bring revelation to us. And that's what I want us to see this morning. Are you getting revelation from God himself? Because if you're not, that is just not a good sign. 
That's not a good sign at all. If you can sit back and say, I don't feel anything. I don't think anything. I don't have any passion to run after God. And that's really what we're saying sometimes. Uh, that's, that's a dangerous place to be. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to be there. So, so the, the wilderness is allow that because he wants to do what? He wants to bring revelation. And I'm just uh, reminded of the reality that in the wilderness, remember what he did when they went into the wilderness is they set up the whole tabernacle of Moses structure. Why? So they could have the presence of God there even though they didn't want it and they were rebelling against him. So he sets up this whole system to keep them in relationship with him, even in, the, even in there. So the people had an opportunity to get a revelation from God. But if you remember, that setting was the priest was able to go in once a year and hear from God and come back out and tell the people. I'm thinking, wow, how many are glad that we're not living in that day? How many are glad you didn't have to bring a chicken or a goat or a lamb to church this morning to be slaughtered? I mean, honestly, this is re- that was reality for them. It's not just a Sunday school story. They had to do this thing over and over and over because God saw their hearts dis- distancing themselves from him. And so he was trying to reel them back in and bring them into a point of reality. I think, wow. And that was the whole revelation of Jesus, right? Hey, you don't have to do that anymore. You saw all that. You heard the stories. They happened. But now here's the real answer is Jesus Christ. And we sang about that today. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that opens that relationship back up with God. So, so reasons for the wilderness, to test us, to bring revelation to us. And then the third reason is to the wilderness was a highway. Remember, it was between Egypt and the promised land. It was a highway. But it's interesting that uh, most uh, theologians and, and people that have studied the distance of this uh, uh, wilderness was it shouldn't have taken them 40 years. It shouldn't have taken them one year to get from there to the promised land. But because their hearts kept rebelling against God and they kept refusing him and they kept refusing to listen to him that it took them 40 years in this wilderness. Now, I, you know, it's easy sometimes to kind of make fun of them, but how many of you have been stubborn for a little while? <laughs> You know what I mean? We all have. And, uh, and, and so, but 40 years, wow. And, and again, the, the wilderness was there. It's not like he crafts a wilderness for every situation. They're there, and uh, God just utilizes them to get us back into right relationship with him. Because that's what he's after. And do you know that the scriptures say that In the last day, Isaiah prophesied about the darkness. It says in the last day that if God didn't shorten the the time in history here, that even the elect would be deceived. And I know that's kind of a sobering thought, but we need to stop playing with the fire and realize, wow, God's on a program. God has a purpose in mind, and it's an amazing one, and it's going to be a victorious one, and it's going to be an awesome one. And we're invited in to be a part of that. So really, the wilderness, in my perspective, is actually a blessing. It's not a curse after all. I'm glad that God comes after me. I'm glad that he dries up the well sometimes. I'm glad that circumstances happen sometimes. Because I always have the opportunity then to turn back to him and to cry out to him. And it says that when we cry out to him, he delivers us, doesn't he?
He really does. He loves us. You guys are awful quiet out there today. Um, I, I, I really believe, and I'm going to start a series uh, next week on the book of Ephesians because it talks so much about where we're at today, where we can be, and where God's going. And I think it's going to be an exciting series to, uh, to kick off, and I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Um, first Chronicles chapter 32, the first part of it, uh, says this. It says, The sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. So he's speaking of uh, the uh, group of people that actually knew what God was doing in their day. They were not ignorant. They were not the ones sitting on the side saying, well, what's happening? Or is anything happening? Or what's go- why are they going that way now? <laughs> you know, what's really happening? No, they understood something. And it's important that we, we hear that. Um, and Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, listen to this. And this is what I feel is real important that God would open up our understanding today. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things that you know and are established in, say it with me, present truth. You're established in present truth. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means what is God doing in our day? What is he doing in your day? What's happening around us? I have come to find from talking to uh, probably more people than I would want to hear this from, but they have absolutely no clue that what we're walking through every day is real life and a part of what God's trying to do. To them, it's a distant thing. It's like, well, yeah, I'm coming to church. Yeah, I read my Bible. Well, yeah, they told me I should read my Bible. They told me I should pray 30 minutes a day. They told me I, you know, and that becomes their religion. And they literally uh, live every day like that, not recognizing this personal part that they play or God wants you to play. Again, back to the purpose, back to the fulfillment. God wants you to play in his plan. Because although this is complete, we will not add to the Bible, it's not completed. All you got to do is read the book of Revelation to find that out. There's an exciting day coming when his kingdom, what, comes on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Well, he wants us, his people, to be a part of that. And this is what he's saying. I want you to be established in present truth. I know my pastor, Patricia and I's pastor in Portland, used to say, uh, he coined this phrase, uh, are you walking in the now word of God? Are you walking in the now word of God? What do you think God's saying today? Where are we at in history? How are you pursuing that? How are you being a part of that? How are you connecting with that? And, and, and again, I think it's critical for me to teach this this morning because uh, I, I don't want anybody to miss it. And again, I've talked to far too many Christians uh, that, that would just sit there and act as if, you know, coming to church and reading your Bible and praying is all it's about. And if I can just make those commitments, you know, it's really hard to do those. Don't forget. Really hard to read that Bible. 
really hard to pray for 10 minutes a day, and they, but they somehow accomplish that and feel like, well, that's the accomplishment. I don't want any of us to think that. I want you to realize you're a part of God's plan and purpose on the earth, and it's critical that you be involved in it, not only for his sake, for, as my, my uh, father-in-law used to always pray, for Jesus' sake. I didn't understand that for a long time. It just didn't seem to make sense to me, but he always prayed that for Jesus' sake. And all of a sudden one day it just hit me. That is so true. It's, it, it's, it's, it's for his sake. He saved us, and we're now doing and fulfilling the will of God for Jesus' sake, not for my sake. And, and, and so it's important for us to, to get this. And so I thought, what, is, what would every believer uh, maybe be required to know or to have uh, in this day and in this hour? Because again, I think we're in a critical hour on the planet. And I don't think we're in a critical hour because we have the wrong president or because everything's going uh, south as it seems. I don't think that's why it's a critical hour. I think it's a critical hour because we're about to experience the most amazing season probably in history of anybody in the world. That's really right, right where we're at. And that's what I want to say, Lord, show me, let me see, let me get what? A revelation of this. Let me understand this. Let me see this. Because if you don't see this, if you don't hear what I'm saying, you don't see this today, you're going to continue to live life as you have been. When God's saying, no, I have some direction for you, and this direction is not only going to be fulfilling, but it's going to be fun, and it's going to be powerful. Uh, and, 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 and this is what God's after for us. So let's just look at a couple thoughts here. Uh, in uh, Galatians uh, chapter 1, what, what's, what's the basics every believer must have? The first one would be revelation. Revelation. Just, you can just write that word down, revelation. And this is what Galatians 1.12 says, For I neither received it of man, man didn't teach me this, man didn't show me this, is what he's saying. I didn't learn this in a book, I didn't read this, I didn't study it and get it all of a sudden. Uh, I didn't receive this from man, this is the Apostle Paul, neither was I taught it, but what? But by revelation of Jesus Christ, I received this. In other words, all of a sudden, he was able to unveil, to open up the eyes of my understanding. Uh, he says it another place. He was all of a sudden able to show me what I couldn't see before. So could I just maybe ask you this here? Uh, when, when was the last time you received what the Apostle Paul is calling a revelation? In other words, it's something that's hidden that all of a sudden now you see. I would probably say it's as you read the Word often it happens, right? You read the same Scripture over and over for years, and then all of a sudden one day it just comes to life to you. Well, that's, what's, that's what's called revelation. Or maybe you could call it an aha moment. Oh, that's it. Or that's what you're doing, God. Or somehow you begin to see things beyond just the natural. All of a sudden, you see, this is a must for the day that we're living in because Jesus is going to lead his church right through the wilderness into the promised land. But guess what? Let's not forget there were giants in the promised land. How many know there's a few giants that need to be slayed around us? Right? Well, who's going to slay those? Right? Because they're not flesh and blood. You know, curse people all you want. That's not going to solve it. 
we got to go after the real issue, and that's a spiritual issue. And see, this is what he's called the church to do. Remember the spy story, the ten spies, and two of them came back and said, yeah, there are giants in there, but it's not a problem. Can I just say this to all of us in a, in a real, in a deep and a sincere way, and that is this here. There's giants out there in the promised land that an unsaved person cannot overcome. Just talking to somebody recently having a terrible addiction to alcohol. And he's like, I just can't quit. I just can't quit. Maybe that's why they used to call alcohol spirits. Could be something to that. I can't quit. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, why not? Because of the principalities and powers that they can't deal with. I think God wants us to go out and slay a few of these giants around here so people have freedom and opportunity now to choose Christ. He says they can't do that unless the, the, the strong man is bound. And the only one that can do that is his church. And that's why he said, go out. I've given you all the authority. I want you to go out there and do it. But guess what? It comes by revelation. I got to be able to see this. I got to be able to understand this. I got to be able to get a hold of it. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1 says this here. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him concerning the events that will happen soon. And the angel was sent to God's servant's servant John, John in the, in the book of Revelation, so that John could share the revelation with God's other servants. So see, it was going to take revelation for us to fulfill and do the will of God and conquer the enemies in the promised land. Because remember, God never, has never given up the earth. I, the, the last time I read the Bible, it says the earth is the, the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's never given that to the devil. And so we have a... <laughs> How many really believe you have something to do on this earth for God? See, we just have to catch this really so that it drives into our spirit. And it doesn't come without revelation. So I guess revelation, the word itself just simply means to disclose, to make bare, to unveil something, uh, to make it known, make it manifest, uh, to, to help somebody understand something they didn't know before. And I'm thinking, God, that's what I want to have. Not just once to get saved, because that's how you get saved, but I want it every day. And so I, if I could just encourage you, if you say to me, you know, no, I read this and it sounds sweet, it almost can, can be hallmarkish, but it's really not impacting me. It's not really drilling into me and getting a hold of my heart and my spirit and my mind, breaking off the strongholds of anxiety and depression and sadness and sorrow. It's doing none of that for me. You're not getting revelation. How many can say a hearty amen to that? I've been transformed by this book because it comes as a revelation. And, and, and this is open to everybody. You don't have to be good enough to get it. The Bible says you just have to want it. And that's what I'm after today. Do you want revelation from God? Do you want that? Or, or, or are you going to snub them about it? This is critical. The second thing that you're going to have to have in this day that we're living in and to be a part of, I think, what God's doing is you're going to have to have knowledge. You're going to have to have knowledge. Proverbs is filled with that. Knowledge is this. It's a personal 
encounter with truth, the truths of Scripture, by the help of the Holy Spirit. I don't, oh, that is up there. That was good of me. That was nice of me to put that up there for you. The knowledge is the personal encounter with truth, the truths of Scripture, by the help of the Holy Spirit. How many have gotten some of that? It comes by revelation, but it's the knowledge. It's an understanding now of what he's saying here so that it just doesn't become a book like every other book on the shelf. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. That's why there's so many sales of so many other books about the Bible that we seem to gobble up but have a hard time here. Do you hear me? There's a hard time. And I'm not against other books. Totally. But this, I just hear too many people say, I just have a hard time reading it. I just don't understand it. Man. Knowledge is this personal encounter with truth. So as I'm reading it, all of a sudden, I'm reading it, and it begins to read me. And instead of me just passing it by, I respond to that. Yes, God, that's me. Yes, God, come in and do something with me. Yes, God, send that word into me right now. I'm taking that right now. You're right. That's you. That's me. And I take this thing, and I'm going to grab a hold of this thing, and I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to buy the truth and not sell it. I'm going to allow the truth to be inside of me and transform me until it does everything that it said it would do. And all of a sudden, man, I tell you, and my, my journey, you know my background, a lot of junk to have to deal with, a lot of junk to have to wade through in my life because what happens to you as a kid sticks with you a long time. How many know that? And it just takes a real work to do it. But God has been so faithful through these years to just over and over and over bring revelation and knowledge and then the power and the ability to respond to what he's showing me in such a real way. I just don't know what I'd do without him. I don't know where I'd be without I know where I'd be without him, but it's just it is crazy. Hosea 6 says this here. My people are destroyed for a lack of this knowledge. See, we've got to have this knowledge. And uh, uh, <clears throat> the third thing, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this one here. The third thing is we have to have revelation. We have to have, revel we have, to have knowledge, but we also have to have revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge is the divine insight into the application of revelation and knowledge from God for our generation having a now word or present truth. In other words, everything that I'm learning and I'm knowing, I'm learning how to know and apply that to this everyday life. It's not just something, oh, wow, did I see that? I bet nobody else sees that. No, it's just so that I can apply it to my everyday life. I can, I can allow this thing to guide me through the day and direct my path and cause, uh, cause God's supernatural power to work in me and then through me. In other words, I'm taking the revelation he's been giving me, I'm taking the knowledge that he's given me, and now I'm mixing them together, and it's bringing me back to 2 Peter 1, 2. I'm living now in the established, present truth of what God's doing. Psalms 19, 1 and 2, it's not on the, it's not on the overhead here, but it says this. It says, the heavens de declare the glory of God, and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night it reveals knowledge, revelation knowledge. I just heard somebody call the book of Revelation the book of revelation. 
It's revealing things to it. That's why he said to read it. And, uh, and, and I, I believe in Proverbs 29, 18, it says this here. We're all familiar with this out of the Message Bible. If my people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. And when they, uh, when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So it's what is he revealing to you? How is he revealing things to you? How are you receiving those? So my challenge to us this morning uh, concerning having revelation from God, revelation knowledge, revelation and knowledge and revelation knowledge from God is where you're at today. And if you're in a wilderness, is it because you're running from God? Is it because... God's just testing some areas of character in your life. He's just testing something. Out of his love, he's not going to leave you alone. We would never let our kids uh, just do their own thing because we love them. No, there's times they needed the spanking, right, in the wilderness. <laughs> That's what quiet time is. It's a wilderness. No. Uh, spankings work better, by the way. Uh, anyway, um, side note, different story. Uh, <clears throat> it's true, though. Uh, where are you at today? Is God testing you? Is he trying to check your character? Or is he just trying to get you to draw closer to him? Because in the midst of all the confusion and all the stuff that's happening around me, I've kind of distanced myself from the Holy Spirit. And I haven't had a revelation for a while. Haven't had a, I haven't heard from him for a while. It's not really coming to life when I read the word. I'm not in the process of fulfilling the will of God for my life. I'm not running after that anymore. I'm just kind of, uh, you know. And I, and I had to catch myself, too. It's just like, you know, through all of what's happening, you know, there, it's just like everything seems to be shutting down. And I think it's kind of gradually went within the church, too, where we just kind of relax back and think, well, we're going to just wait till this COVID's over. Someday it's going to be over. They're going to get enough shots. They're going to get enough masks. They're going to get enough stuff that someday they're going to just, uh, it's going to be over. Can, can I just tell you it's not? Because guess what? When that's done, something else is going to pop up. And it's going to be worse than what happened before. Remember, the Bible says, be careful in the last days that when Jesus is coming, is getting close that it would be like birthing pains. And you know, I've noticed this over the years myself. I don't know if you have, but I've noticed that it seemed like, you know, several years ago, you began to see one big event a year, you know. All of a sudden, something terrible would happen, and all our focus would go there. And we'd look at that, and then we'd get over it, you know, and we'd rebuild the, you know, the earthquake problems and the flood problems, and we'll take care of that, and then we move on. But, you know, it's been increasing as, as far as I can tell. And now it just seemed like uh, this year there's, there's, there's multiple things happening at one time. It's the birthing pains, I believe, picking up speed. And I want us to be aware of that so we can come back here and we can say, okay, God, this is, the, the, what are you saying? What are you doing? I, I, he's calling his army to attention. Come on, he's saying, come on, get in line. Get in line with this thing. Don't fall out. Don't run and hide. Don't go AWOL. But get in line with the will and purpose of God. You were made for such a time as this. 
This is your day. This is your hour. This is your season to do the will of God. And it's more important than anything else for Jesus' sake. Stand to your feet if you would, please. I was going to start this series on Ephesians this week, but through the week, I just really felt the Holy Spirit turning it to say, no, don't start that yet. Start with this. Just talk about the receiving of revelation because when we get into the book of Ephesians, some things are going to just pop open for you that are going to totally wreck your life. It's an amazing book. I think it's a book for this day. It's going to just wreck your life in a good way. And so I want to pray. Those of you that are watching online, you're uh, faithfully joining us each week. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. And uh, our thoughts are with you. And encourage you keep praying for the time you can come back and join us again and uh, and be a part of the fellowship like this. Uh, let's... Uh, Let's just ask the Holy Spirit right now. I don't know where you're at. You know, we mentioned the three things that could be going on. You know, maybe he's testing us. Maybe he's just trying to get us closer to him. Maybe we've drawn away from him a little bit. It's so easy to do in the last days. Scripture teaches us that uh, you just allow the Holy Spirit, I guess, right now to, to download into you as I pray and just find your place of agreement with him. Father, we thank you today that... It is so refreshing to be in your house. I love your presence. I love your house, God. I love the people of God. And I pray that, Lord, today, uh, that uh, just the few thoughts and words, God, uh, that I truly believe were from you would penetrate each one of our hearts to a depth of transformation, Lord. Not just a depth of knowing it or hearing it or agreeing with it even, but, Father, just a depth of transformation would begin to ignite in each one of us. God, that not one of us here would miss uh, being a part of what you're doing. It's going to be so stinking amazing. It's going to be totally awesome, God. It's going to surprise us all, God. We're thinking things are terrible, but God, you're planning something that's amazing that millions upon millions of people are going to come running to the mountain of the house of the Lord. And they're going to be turning their lives over to Jesus Christ. And God, we want to be a people that are ready for that, anticipating that, praying for that, and Lord, being involved in that. So I pray that the eyes of our understanding today would be opened again afresh like never before. We would have vision to see what you're doing and be able to be a part of that. And I thank you for each person here. I pray for anyone that maybe just has never had a revelation of God, even to the, for the place of being saved or born again, given a new heart. That, Lord, as they cry out to you today and ask you, believing that you are the Son of God, believing that you went to the cross for them, and believing that you rose from the dead for their, for their lives, that they would receive you as their Lord and Savior today. Father, you made it that simple. Oh, God, open up the eyes of our understanding today, I pray, and seal your word right now in our hearts that we wouldn't lose it before we even get to our cars. In Jesus' name. 
how God's people said. Amen. Amen. You guys are so awesome. I hope I wasn't too heavy today. I really didn't mean to be. I just, I just, just burden on my heart that he's going to open up the eyes of your understanding. It's going to be an awesome day that we're heading into. God bless you. Have an awesome week.